0: men can count on contact cordell cordell cordell.com 1065 east hillsdale boulevard suite 310 foster city california 94404 Welcome back in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. It has been a very long damn time, probably something like four months, but we are back just as is Denver Nuggets basketball. The Nuggets have already gotten their preseason underway with two games against the Lakers, but tonight was their first game at home against the Perth Wildcats of the Australian National Basketball League. The Nuggets struggled throughout the game and they ended up winning 96 to 88, but the game was much much closer than that. There were points to where Perth got them within one point and things were seem were seemingly kind of unhinged. For the Nuggets, frustrations were boiling over and they really just weren't at a point to where they were in a cohesive, fluid groove on the court things were just kind of out of whack and after the chaos that they've kind of gone through within the first weekend of training camp where they had to play LeBron James in San Diego for his Lakers debut and then LeBron James in Staples Center for his Staples Center debut It really felt like tonight's game was just a letdown, and because the Perth Wildcats were just such a significantly less talented team, the Nuggets starters really just kind of let off the gas and never really tried to assert themselves at any point beyond the first quarter. Because of that, things got very dicey. There was a one-point deficit only for the Perth Wildcats at one point, and this is a Perth team that lost by 58 points to the Utah Jazz just six days ago. With all of that coming into account, it just seemed like the Nuggets were struggling from top to bottom. Before we get into any of that, though, let me just give you a quick rundown of our sponsor of the show, Terrapin Care Station. The Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast is presented by Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices, serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora. They offer their own flower and concentrates, as well as all of the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are just perfect for you. Their dispensary are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head down to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is www.terrapincarestation.com. That is terrapincarestation.com for all of your cannabis needs. Alright, let's just get into it. So, this was really a game with two different stories. There was the starter stories, and then on top of that, you had the stories of the bench players. The Nuggets starters, which is where we'll start tonight, just really struggled top to bottom. There was never really any cohesion between the group. Uh, the first quarter was great. They jumped out to something like a 15-4 to 4 lead off the bat. Guys were moving off of each other, the ball was moving great, and it was the first time that the Nuggets had their full starting unit on the court. Court. Gary Harris missed the first two preseason games due to a right hamstring strain, and Jamal Murray missed the second preseason game against the Lakers due to an ankle injury. So, this was the first time that we were able to see the entire Nugget starting unit of Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic all coexisting on the court together. Um, while they started out very well, the second half and their second stint even in the second quarter, they just completely let off the gas and allowed the Perth Wildcats to really get back into this game in a way that they should have never been able to. The Nuggets are a significantly better team than the Perth Wildcats, and this game did not reflect that. That was 100% on the starters and their intensity. I asked Michael Malone after the game in his post-game press conference if this game could be a wake-up call for the Nuggets, and the first thing he said was, well, I've been awake since April 11th. April April 11th alludes to the last game of the season last year when the Nuggets lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves and were eliminated from postseason contention. So you could tell he was irate that the Nuggets did not show up in the way that they should have, especially with the starters, and he emphasized that the starters needed to bring more to the table let's start out with the positivity with the starters, because Gary Harris was his first game back. It was the first time we got to see him in real live action, because during training camp, media doesn't get a chance to see the practices. All we get is some hearsay from different individuals, and everything we heard about Gary Harris was phenomenal. He was stronger. He was getting to the rim with ease. He was continuing to grow as a finisher at the rim. And of course, his jump shot was still buttery smooth as it's always been jump forward to the game against Perth, and a lot of that was there for Gary. He had a very, very strong return. He finished with 13 points on 5 of 10 shooting. He only hit one of his five three-pointers, but he was clearly rusty. He got to the line once, hit both of his foul shots, had two assists and one rebound against no turnovers, and even threw a block in for good measure. The most important part of Gary's start for me was that he immediately stepped back into the role of being the most consistent player on the court. Somebody that the Nuggets offense can just rely on at all times just to be who he is. He was great going to the rim. You could see his strength already just barreling through some of these defenders that Perth had. And his finishes were strong. They were creative. They were very very much so just exactly what you remember from him last year and that is so important because when Gary Harris is able to score with the ball in his hands the Nuggets offense just goes to an entirely different level because who are you going to kind of help off of to provide help defense on Gary Harris you can't help off Nikola Jokic because he's such a feathery touch in the mid range Jamal Murray is a sniper from three-point range Will Barton can can score from anywhere on the court and Paul Millsap is a four-time all-star who is one of the most savvy scorers in the league um, and who is taking steps backward as his age as his starts to catch up with him, but he can still hurt you. In a plethora of ways. But to see Gary Harris come out on the floor. Play with the ball in his hand. Slashing over the place. Hitting threes. Playing good defense. Getting in dribble handoff actions with Jokic. It really just felt nostalgic seeing him in that role again. Because that's exactly what he used to do for so long. So seeing him able to do that was a great sign for things to go forward. It did not seem like his right hamstring strain was bothering him in any capacity tonight. And that is great for the Nuggets going forward. But that is really where the positivity ends barton was good in the first stint but even him he started to trail off as the game went along i mean will barton finished tonight with 11 points three rebounds two assists and a steal with two turnovers as well shot four of eight from the field so it wasn't like he was bad in any capacity but most of that damage was done in his first stint it was not something where he was consistent throughout the game which was really the story of the rest of the nugget starters beyond gary harris so in the first quarter, finally we got to see Will Barton's finishing at the rim return. For so long this preseason, the first two games, he was not able to finish those tough shots in the in the paint like he does so often in his career. He just wasn't the same level of finisher, and that can be attributed to a lot of things. Russ just getting back into the swing of things, it really isn't something to be worried about, but it was something that was notable today, that was different. He came in and was the energy setter from the start. He was the guy who really got the Nuggets rolling once the tip happened in the game. And seeing him be able to bring that energy was so important because the Nuggets lacked it in such an incredible way for the majority of the game. Uh, He was still hitting shots. Um, He actually hit one of his two three-pointers. He was four four of eight from the field, like I said earlier. So it was good to see him being consistent and a guy the Nuggets can rely on offensively. He was moving the ball. It wasn't sticking in his hands and it seemed like he was able to embrace being that fourth or fifth scorer, as opposed to a guy who came off the bench and just filled it up and was the primary offensive focal point so that was very good to see is that Will Barton's finishing came back and he was able to get comfortable again but as will be a theme for the majority of this podcast talking about the starters a lot of his energy and a lot of his production tailed off in a big way after that first start so once you get past Barton, things really get rough for the rest of the starting unit. Let's just jump to Jamal Murray because he had one of his most invisible games that I can remember from him. He only got four shots up tonight and only one of them was made. He was 0 of 3 from the field, from three point land, I should say, and was 2 of 3 from the free throw line. He did not add a rebound, an assist, or a steal. He had one block, but that's all he added beyond his very minuscule scoring on the night. I have not seen Jamal Murray just disappear in a game like this in an extremely long time that is not the Jamal Murray we know because he's so assertive. He's a guy who wants to go out and absolutely kill you. That is why the Nuggets drafted him. That is why they feel like he can be the kind of player that takes this offense to the next level. But tonight, there just really wasn't any of that. He was working hard on the defensive end. That can't take we can't take that away from him. But It wasn't the same thing watching Jamal Murray play as we have seen in years past, the past two years. But at the same time, it just wasn't something that you had to worry about necessarily. I mean, Jamal Murray will bounce back. This is one of the most lethal scores that you're going to see on this Nuggets team. So I'm not worried about this. We don't want to turn this podcast into an overreaction just fiasco because this is one preseason game. And to preface everything else we're going to get into, when you play a team like Perth, it's hard to get excited. It's hard to get the energy level up. It's hard to come in with an extreme level of motivation just because they're not a team that necessarily is going to be at the same talent level or should be able to push this Nuggets team in any direction. With that being said, they did tonight because the Nuggets let off the gas so much. When you let off the gas against a physical team like Perth, they can make it hurt you. This is not, I mean anybody who plays professional basketball is going to be good enough to at least put points up against anybody. And that includes the Perth Wildcats. They may not have been the most talented team, they may not have been the most athletic team, they may not have the most skilled players, but they fought tooth and nail for everything they had and when the Nuggets let off the gas that started to culminate into the lead dissipating in a very very rapid way so when you look at Jamal Murray's game you can see why that hurts so much and why it's so important for this Nuggets team to bounce back and show that they can actually not let off the gas against bad teams for once the Nuggets have had the young team excuse for three years now it is time for them to grow up and stop letting these games get away from them this is a preseason game and that's not the end of the world, and this is just working out the kinks, as Will Barton said after the game tonight, but they need to start learning that consistency, and that starts against anybody. That starts against Perth, that starts against the Clippers when they play them on opening night, as well as the next game on the preseason schedule, and it it matters against the Golden State Warriors. It's every single team they're going to face, they cannot let off the gas. So, Jamal Murray was as invisible as I can remember tonight, and Nikola Jokic, who is the next culprit that we're going to talk about, also struggled mightily. This was almost the anti-Nikola Jokic game. He was one of five from the field today, missed his only three-pointer, and he was one of four from the free throw line. He was just lackadaisical. He really wasn't locked in, and you could tell all the way throughout the game in the way he was doing things. There was a lot of hope to start the game because he was whipping passes around beautifully. He was throwing one-handed slingers straight into the shooting pocket from across the court, and you were like, wow, this is going to be one of those Nikola Jokic games. But the second they got a lead, he just completely let off the gas, and everything started to fall apart. He did have seven rebounds, which is good because he hasn't rebounded the same level this preseason he also had three assists but he also had three turnovers to continue with his turnover issues Nikola Jokic really really struggled tonight and it's going to be an interesting thing to follow for the rest of the preseason because so far Nikola Jokic has not been the same Nikola Jokic he's been a little bit more disengaged than I've remembered Um, now it's time to jump to Paul Millsap which may have been the most interesting storyline of this game Paul Millsap always plays hard There's no arguing that he is going to be a guy who fights, fights, fights because that's what he's always done his entire career. But tonight he was beyond frustrated. Uh, before we get into all of that, he did have five points, two of seven from the field, missed both of his three pointers and was one of two from the foul line. He did have nine rebounds, three assists and two steals, but also had four turnovers between him and Nikola Jokic. They have been as turnover prone as I can remember. This is a front court who usually makes incredibly smart decisions, but that has not been there tonight. Um, And all of Paul Millsap's struggles culminated into a very frustrated moment. He felt that he should have been getting foul calls that were not being called. And at one point... He told the referee this, he got a technical, and then he asked the referee, why did I get this technical? What was the foul for? And he was just being very emphatic about it, and the referee gave him another technical and ejected him. This is the first time in Paul Millsap's career that he has ever been ejected from a game, from what I understand. It was just a bizarre moment, and it very much so embodied the entire game that the Nuggets went through. The frustration level was at an extreme extremely high level and it was so bad that Paul Millsap who is a consummate professional this is a guy who will talk to the media in the worst of times him and Nikola Jokic were gone from the pre- from the locker room before the media was even entered we did not even get a chance to talk to him because Paul Millsap probably didn't want to take any more fines than he already got from the league for the two technicals he got because i'm sure he had some very choice words for the officials that he had to deal with beyond that though Paul Millsap's shot is just not falling. He's only made, I think, four field goals in three games. Um... He has just not been the offensive player that you hope to see. There's no rhythm right now, none of it. Um, He still did do a bit of everything, like I said. The fact that he's rebounding, he's getting these assists, he's working on the defensive end, that is very helpful for them. But he needs to be more than just a guy who fills in the gaps. This is a guy the Nuggets paid $30 million a year for, and there is so much more that he can bring to the table. He needs to find his niche, he needs to find his rhythm, or the Nuggets aren't going to reach the level that they could reach. Um, that's enough for the starters because nothing was really good about the starters. So it's time to get now get into the Nuggets bench, which was actually very, very strong tonight. Um... The group of Malik Beasley, Mason Plumlee, Trey Lyles, Bonte Morris, and even Torrey Craig was very, very strong tonight. That is the reason they won the game. Um, Let's just start out with Malik Beasley, because he's been the talk of training camp. Everyone's been just gushing about how good his shot has been, and for very, very good reason. I mean, at this point, I believe he's... Uh, 11 for 16 from 3 in the preseason so far, that is just an absurd level of, of efficiency. It's very hard to find fault within, within Malik Beasley's game so far. He's finally learned to play within himself. He's not trying to do too much. He's not trying to force the issue. He is doing exactly what he needs to do to get playing time. He is defending his ass off. He's hitting open shots. He's making quick decisions. And he's not trying to just force himself to be an individual creator. Because he's not there at this point. So Malik tonight... He ended up putting up 14 points on only seven shots. He was 5 of 7 from the um, from the field. He hit four of his six three pointers tonight. Threw in four rebounds and assist as well as a steal, and it was a plus 16. That is phenomenal. That is exactly what you're looking for him, looking at from him and. You can just see that they're really growing as a group, this bench unit. He looks comfortable playing with Monte Morris, with Mason Plumley, with Trey Lyles, with, with Torrey Craig. And if he can continue to play like this, he is going to end up beating out Wancho Hernan Gomez for that 10th roster spot. Because right now, the top nine rosters, uh, the top nine spots in the rotation are set. You have the starter. You have Trey Lyles, you have Torrey Craig, you have Monte Morris or Isaiah Thomas, and Mason Plumlee. Those are the nine. So there's one spot left between Wancho Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley. And right now, it's hard not to give Malik Beasley the nod. He has just been the better player than Wancho Hernan Gomez. And on top of that, his defensive ability is significantly better than what Wancho's is. So you got to give credit where credit is due. There is nobody that has worked as hard as Malik Beasley has this offseason he even said at his exit interview, after they lost to Minnesota last year, that the first half of, the, of this year, and are the first half of last year, and before that, he wasn't approaching the game the correct way, and Richard Jefferson really helped him find his ability to get better, find his, I guess, his rhythm as a worker to actually improve, not just work to work, and you, you're seeing it happen. His shot is significantly better. He has... Just a freakish amount of athleticism, which allows his shot to have such a high release point, making it almost unblockable. When he gets up in transition and uses his athletic ability to finish at the rim, it's devastating. He had another huge dunk tonight. So, Malik Beasley is playing himself into a role at this point, and that's a very, very good thing for him, because this is his make-or-break year. They have a team option on him this year, the Nuggets may need a roster spot down the line, and if he doesn't show out, he may find himself looking for a new team at the end of the year. But if he continues to play like this, there is no reason for the Nuggets not to pick up his team option at the end of the year. So, something to keep an eye on for the rest of the preseason is if Malik Beasley is able to continue this level of consistency, continue this high-level of decision making and continue playing within himself and not force the issue Um, the next person was Monte Morris man Monte Morris was the best player for the Nuggets tonight on the court and it really wasn't close he finished with 15 points. He went 5 of 11 from the uh, from the field. He missed both of his three-pointers, but he got to the free throw line 5 times tonight and hit all 5 shots. Add in 9 assists with 1 rebound and 1 steal against only 2 turnovers, and it's hard to be more excited about Monte Morris. This is a guy who he owns the record for assisted turnover ratio in the in the NCAA ever history and he has shown that he can absolutely run a cohesive offensive unit no matter what that is what he does and it's only been three preseason games and you can just tell his chemistry with Trey Lyles his chemistry with Malik Beasley his chemistry of Mason Plumley. it is just soaring to new heights seemingly every single day There's a story where Monte Morris, what he does is he tries to spend time off of the court with every single player on his team that he plays with, whatever it is. Even at Summer League, he did this just to kind of figure out the way they think, the way they like to play, where they like the ball. He goes to extreme extents to build himself into a player who can help immediately and know where to be and make great decisions. And that is what you saw tonight, and it is why he was the best player on the floor. Um, it's getting to the point where it's hard not to be confident in Monte Morris being the Nuggets' backup point guard come the opening night of the regular season on October 17th. He has just proven day in and day out that he can do all of the small little things that you want your backup point guard to do that immediately contributes to winning. The way that he would drive into the paint, retreat back out to the three-point line, suck an extra defender with him, put a dump pass down for Mason Plumley, who now has a wide-open dunk because Monte Morris drug that defender out he can see two three four steps ahead of the defense and because of that he is making everybody around him better a big reason for Malik Beasley's improvement is because he has a very strong point guard to play with who will put him in a good position to succeed and the same goes for the next player we're going to talk about which is Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley is a guy who struggled a lot last year. He had some of his lowest totals of his career across the board, and he was playing with a sports hernia, which is tearing of the core muscles, which really hinders your athleticism, your lateral movement, just your overall mobility on the court. Now, Mason Plumlee is healthy, and he is playing with an actual backup point guard, which Devin Harris was fine, but he's not a point guard, and Emmanuel Moutier was more of a dumpster fire than a helpful player in his time in Denver. Now you're seeing Mason Plumley get the ball in the short roll, making quick decisions as a playmaker, going up for lobs and finishing with authority. He's really just finding the ability to impact the game in as many ways as possible, and that is huge for the Nuggets because being able to play through Mason Plumley when Nikola Jokic goes to the bench allows the Nuggets to keep a continuity of how they play offensive basketball, and it allows them to have a vertical athletic threat in the front court. There really isn't another player on this roster who can be an athlete in the front court, who can go up for lobs, who can finish with authority, who can really take it to a defense and force them to collapse on him when he has the ball in the paint. So because of that, it's just going to open up the offense more and more and more for players like Trey Lyles, like Torrey Craig, like Monte Morris. So the chemistry that you're seeing grow between Monte and Mason Plumlee is going to be great looking down the line because. That weaponizes your bench unit. The Nuggets bench unit was their biggest issue last year. Now it's starting to look like they could weaponize their bench unit and really, really become something that they can rely on to give them an edge when they take their starters off the floor. And the Nuggets have one of the best starting units in basketball. So if you can also have a strong bench, there's no reason this Nuggets team couldn't be a top five offense in basketball and be able to fight for home court advantage in the playoffs. That is really how talented they are at this point. The other reason that this Nuggets bench unit was able to open up so much is Trey Lyles. He was hitting his shots tonight. He ended up with uh, 10 points on 4 of 7 shooting, while also hitting two of his five three-pointers, and then threw in eight rebounds and two assists for good measure. Uh, Just like Malik Beasley, it's Trey Lyles who has had probably one of the best camps out of all the players in the Nuggets roster. I mean, when he hits his threes, the rest of his game just flies open. He's able to get into the post, he's able to create mismatches, he's able to attack off the dribble and playmake for others, or he uses athleticism to finish at the rim. He's just such a versatile offensive player that once his game opens up with his jump shot, everything else comes with it. If you go to MileHighSports.com right now, I actually wrote an article about how Trey Lyles can weaponize the Nuggets bench unit. He is just such a good, versatile, dynamic player that once he gets going, I don't see a way to stop him or the Nuggets bench unit because Monte Morris is such a savvy backup point guard. Mason Plumlee is such a vertical spacing, hyper-athletic center that when you add the spacing of a stretch four like Trey Lyles and someone else who can create off the bounce and be able to create plays for others, the sky's the limit for this bench unit just as much as it is for the starting unit. So it's hard to be upset with anything that Trey Lyles has done. He hasn't held the ball for too long. He keeps the ball moving. He's hitting his shots. And he's really just been phenomenal top to bottom. The only player that we haven't really talked about at this point is Tory Craig, who actually played in the NBL. So this is also a game that meant a lot to him. He wasn't necessarily phenomenal throughout this game, but he definitely had his good moments and he was strong throughout. He played 18 minutes, got four shots up, made three of them. He had eight points and had two rebounds, an assist, and a steal. So going plus 14 in 18 minutes is great, and he really just wasn't a negative. Um, he has more to his game than he's shown in the preseason, but he's wearing a mask over his face for a shot he took during just pickup in the off season. So that mask, it starts to bother you because the sweat gets stuck into it. you got to constantly adjust it on your face, and it's really seeming to bother him. He told me before the game that it was bothering him. But he still found a way to help, and that was really important. The last piece of this game is actually somebody who barely played, which is Wancho Hernan Gomez. Wancho had a great first game against the Lakers in San Diego, was almost invisible in the second game at Staples Center against the Lakers, and then jump ahead to the third preseason game, and he only saw five minutes of trash time tonight, where he just really did not even see the court. And when he did, he had two turnovers, got two shots up, only made one of them, and just wasn't impactful. Looking at this roster, there are nine roster spots that are set, and then there is a battle for the 10th roster spot between Malik Beasley and between um, uh, Juanjo Hernan Gomez. Sorry, it's one in the morning. My brain's starting to go to mush. Um, One of those two is going to solidify that spot, and the other one is going to fall to the wayside. And looking at the future of the Nuggets roster and their financial flexibility, they're going to eventually have to make a decision on one of Wancho or Malik Beasley. And as of right now, Malik Beasley is beating out Wancho Hernan Gomez for the ability to play within within Michael Malone's rotation. Wancho has to prove something these last two games. He has to show that he can be more than just a spot-up shooter. He needs to show that he can defend. He needs to show that he can attack off the bounce. He needs to show that can play in transition something beyond just hitting shots well that's extremely valuable Malik Beasley has been unconscious from the three-point line he's something like 12 of 16 from the three-point line in this preseason so far so Wancho needs to find a way to step up in a very quick way because right now Malik is just running through him and at this rate Wancho Hernan Gomez is going to be the odd man odd man left out looking in other than that it was a pretty weird bizarre game that really never had a whole lot to go on with it but the Nuggets get a chance to bounce back against the Lakers um, or sorry against the clippers on tuesday back in los angeles once again and then from there they go to chicago to play them on friday for the last preseason game of the year before playing the clippers once again in los angeles for the opening night of basketball on october 17th it's going to be an interesting ride i very much appreciate having everybody uh, come back and listen i know it's been a long time but there will be more podcasts coming out it will continue to roll and thank you so much for listening we will We'll be back very very soon with another denver Nuggets Italy podcast but until then thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day